that's a great way for you to practice, if you will, critical thinking yeah. uh, skills and, and hone your critical uh, thinking skills when you're in a desert with a bike that's not supposed to be no. in the desert. Um, <laughs> and then having to um, focus and put your, your, I mean, what's, it's powerful though, Chris, the skills that you were learning from that desert trip, uh, focus, um, learning about all your cri critical skills going beyond the, um, you know, your, uh, your ability pushing, beyond and pushing further and pushing further and still able to get to your uh, desired outcome, regardless of the challenges that showed up within your space as you were there, um, uh, you know, traveling and moving through mm -hmm. uh, the desert. So here you are in South America, man. And um, you are now, I'm sure there's another set of challenges that are coming from there. You're in South America. Talk to me about your first day getting there, Chris. Um, what was that like? Because again, you're moving through different cultures, extreme cultures, if you will, um, and belief systems um, going from one to another. What happened when you got there? And what was your first impression, if you will, back in the day, as they say? I remember that day well. It was a bit scary because we were we'd, uh, just traveling with a German guy on another motorbike, and we'd arrived in Panama. And mm -hmm. the road stops in Panama. You can't fly across. You can't drive across the, the Darien Gap. They call it. It's a marshy, wild region. You have to fly or take a boat to from Panama to yeah. South America. So we managed to find a a guy driving an old DC right or flying a DC six freight cargo plane, and he's a motorcyclist. Mm -hmm. So he, we talked him into. Giving us, giving us a lift to Median in Colombia. <laughs> yeah. And Median in Colombia, we didn't realize that at the time was where Pablo Escobar was based in the six, in the 80s. <laughs> so it was the high <laughs> middle of the sort of the cocaine land. You know? So uh, we ended up probably flying back in one of his planes, going back for more cargo. Uh, in an old cargo plane, we were standing <laughs> in the carpet because there's no seats to sit on. So we landed in yeah. a in Medellin, and there's guys running around with guns everywhere. And of course, we couldn't. We're two innocents abroad, uh, landing in the middle of a cocaine war. Yeah. All we wanted yeah. to do was get out of time as <laughs> quick as we could. <laughs> so it's one yeah. of the one of the most uh, highly strung places I've ever been in. But we couldn't yeah. get out of Colombia quick enough. Whereas apparently it's a lovely place to travel now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Beautiful country. So how long were you there? How long were you there once you once you realized what was happening? And when you guys said, let's get out of here. That's as quick as there? we could get out of time. We were out of time. <laughs> <laughs> so it, was too, like it took us about three days to get out of Colombia, but uh, it was a scary. It was just a, you just know sometimes there's an atmosphere about that you don't know what's going on, but you just don't want to be here, you know? And you know yeah, that the people, yeah. the people you're talking to don't trust you and they don't want you to be there either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, that is incredible, man. So certainly, yeah. I suppose, it's, uh, by that stage, I suppose, with a fairly good intuition about getting the vibe of various, um, learning from talking to people what they're feeling and getting a, an intuition whether you're in a dangerous situation or not or whether you can talk your way out of it or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah, 
Uh, Crystal, do me a favor because I think people, I, I, I always try to tell people we need to be aware of that, um, that sixth sense, if you will. And um, I used to have a saying that I would tell my kids, I would tell them, if it feels wrong, it is wrong. And uh, they have told me many times of um, a situation where one of my, young, my youngest son was telling me he and a bunch of his friends were on their way to a club and his inside is just dancing. And all he could remember was me saying to him, if it feels wrong, it is wrong. Yeah. And he told his uh, friends, he said, uh-uh, let's, let's, let's not go in there. Let's go to someplace else. And he said that as they turned around, they found out of somewhere about another 30 minutes later that there was a serious, um, like a, a drug war, just lots mm -hmm. of shooting, tons of people died that night, that very same oh. club that they were going. So I always say to them, um, if it feels wrong, it is wrong. Talk to yeah. people about that, Chris, because you are, you are going from one hot zone to another, and you went into the belly of the beast in the eighties, you know, the cocaine world, everyone was all about the violence and stuff like that. Here you were thrust into this place. What was your sense talking to you about? Because I, t I try to tell people it's important, Chris, to listen to that. It really is. And um, talk to us about the importance of that as you learn those lessons while you're out there um, in your adventures. Well, I think, as you say, there's a sense of right of the right place to be or whatever. The trouble is, I think a lot of that sense comes from experience. And I think probably growing yeah. up in Northern Ireland and Belfast in the 70s mm -hmm. gave me a, a dose of that experience because you could be talking to the right guy or the wrong guy in the bar. People were getting shot for yeah. being in the wrong, saying the wrong thing to the wrong person, just something silly, you know. So we were quite aware of that from growing up and probably had a head start from most people. But um, yeah, it's a wee bit like, I suppose, basic, whenever we were growing up, there was no uh, GPS, no uh, Google Maps. So you had to, if you're coming across, the, find a way across the city, you had to use a map and use your intuition and learn how to navigate. Yes. Whereas yeah. kids these days now, everybody just uses Google Maps to, to go anywhere. You don't, yeah. you, don't, you don't have any experience of actually trying to find a way around. I think if you, most yeah. kids these days, if you tell them to try and find a way across the city without their phone, they'd be totally lost in seconds, you know, because yeah. whereas I like to think, still have the experience, you, you sort of roughly know which direction to take uh, geographically. Mm -hmm. And I think in life, life lessons as well, you learn which direction to take um, yeah. with right and wrong, with uh, being in the right place, the wrong, getting the wrong vibes or somewhere you, you learn that that's, something you should listen to your listen to your head but if i think it's hard yeah. for people if you don't if you haven't built up that experience to come to that decision it's probably harder for them to to have that sense you know you're always older yeah. and wiser yeah. than your son you were able to to advise him that but, but yeah. it's good that he was able to, to to listen to that and pay attention but it must be hard for kids that yeah. don't have that start in life you know yeah yeah i I always made it a, a point, uh, Chris, as I was learning because I was on my personal journey and I was aware that I was on a journey, if you will. And so I was looking for um, 
things that made me grow and grow up and, and something that I knew that my sons needed because I told them, I am simply on the road ahead of you. And yeah. I'm going to learn a few things while I'm ahead of the, the, the road that I can uh, leave some, some, some uh, uh, you know, little tidbits here and there. Hopefully you guys will. Yeah, you want to pass on uh, your experience. Uh, grab it. I guess. Yeah, so that they would it would save them some pain from where I go. And I told them, I said I didn't want to. My intention was to wasn't to save them from a situation because I would tell them that everyone has their journey. But the information that I would tell them, I said, the information you can take from me, so that you don't you don't have to stay within that uh, situation one minute longer than you need to be. Because yeah. I think every situation is help is there to help you and I grow and everyone on this planet. And if we we are not aware of it, we can um, you know uh, miss the whole lesson, if you will. So here you are, you guys are are in in the belly of the beast, and you got the heck out of there. So now, where was your next destination, and why did you pick that one other than just let's get the hell out of here? <laughs> well. I suppose we we were heading south, um, South America. So you could go down to Tierra del Fuego, down to the bottom, which is a sort of destination for a lot of people. But um, I was more interested in going to Mardi Gras in Brazil. But again, we, the destination wasn't that important. The fact that we were traveling on our own mm -hmm. in foreign lands, learning what's going on as day by day, was where the excitement was. And we were yeah. twenty. I was twenty one years old, and you're, you're twenty one. You think you're invincible. You think nothing. Yeah. Bad can happen to yeah. you, you know. You can do anything. Um, yeah. So I ended up in uh, Bolivia. Unfortunately, I got hepatitis there. I got sick. I had to stay put for two or three weeks, and eventually ran out of money. So I yeah. um, ran out of got a little bit better. Put the bike in a train and made my way to Buenos Aires and shipped shipped home. So the, the journey ended up with a bit of a fizzle, really, because. Of, um, as I said, I was quite ill. The bike was wrecked, um, and I'd sort of become disillusioned with everything. It's um, mentally as well. It'd been a year and a half, quite hard work, and it was. Yeah, I just needed to to, to get back to reality. I think at that stage. Yeah, and I suppose I could fast forward a little bit now because after I wrote the book about the journey three years ago, one of my friends said to me, "We never actually got to Australia. Why not have another go?" So I thought, yeah. well, I still have my old motor guzzy. I've got it fixed up and kept it in the garage. I said, why not yeah. take that and see if we can do it on that? So a year and a half ago, we set off uh, to do it in stages because we've got a wife and family and work commitments yeah, yeah. here. So we did it two weeks at a time. So we drove for two weeks and park up and go home for three months, two, three months, and then come back again. So um, we did stop at Athens and Israel and Dubai. In um, Pakistan and India, Nepal, yeah. and eventually made it to Australia last month. So, yeah. um, after leaving in 1979 to ride to Australia on a motorbike, I finally got there in 2023, <laughs> 40, odd, 40 odd years later. <laughs> so, <laughs> how did it feel, uh, Chris? How did it feel when you, when you um, hit the border and you're there and you you're looking at it and your your thoughts are dancing. Uh, what what was that like? Well, it was a great feeling to accomplish what it set off to do. As I said, a lot of time back, and finally succeed. 
Um, although funny when you're doing a journey like this, like that, it's always quite hard to get to destination because one way you're happy that you've survived and you've got there and you're accomplished the challenge that you set off to make. But Naylor, it's it's actually the end of the journey. It's the death of the journey. It's it's the destination. So it's the end of the fun, if you like. So it's I've always found it quite yeah, uh, yeah. not disappointing, but um, sort of dis disillusion. It's a bit of a disillusion, but because it's never as so much fun as you think it's going to be. And it, the main thing about it is that the trip is over, the journey's over, and okay, you can look forward to the next journey. But that trip is is, yeah. is done you know so people like yeah. comparing a journey to life i think by the time you get to your destination is we're all going to the same destination you got to <laughs> enjoy yeah. the enjoy the journey as you travel rather than a lot, a lot of people yeah. you meet are always looking forward to what's happening next year or next week or next in the future i think you got to live yeah. live for today rather than plan ahead too much yeah it's a great lesson for you for because most of us are programmed to plan, aren't we, uh, Chris? They just program us to plan, you know, and if we don't plan, something is wrong with you and all of these other things that they'll tell you. But yeah. life has a way of disturbing your comfort, you know? Uh, life has a way of disturbing your comfort. Here you are, you're talking like, um, you know, you, you got sick. You didn't expect that to come into your space um, and to do what it did, but things happen life happens and yeah. and sometimes we just have to reroute and um like you said you became disillusioned with the with the trip talk to me as to the things that you were putting in the book chris what were some of those um things that what were you putting in your book when you were sick what was some of those conversations you were having with yourself when you were there at, at in that state, if you will, well, a vulnerable state. To be to be honest, when I was in that state, I didn't put anything in the book because when you're uh, um, in trouble like that, the, you don't think about the future at all. That's when you're thinking about the present because you're thinking, "Yeah, I'm sick. I'm running out of money. I'm in the middle of South America. Nobody knows me here. I can't just jump yeah. on a plane and fly home because there's no money." Uh, so you're trying to work out what you're going to do for the day, to day to day to survive. Whereas you're making, you're writing a journal. You're writing that. You're writing that for tomorrow. You're writing that because you want. You know you want to read it in the future. But it's mm -hmm. at times. Um, it's even like photographs. Whenever people something exciting happens, happened. I never had the camera to take a picture of it because I was always yeah. too busy trying to survive or trying to get out of trouble. To say stop, yeah, somebody's yeah. going to hit you. You wouldn't say stop when they take your picture. <laughs> you, you just run out, <laughs> run like hell, you know. So, yeah, uh, I love to say I had some magical thoughts when I was lying in my bed sick, but really all I was thinking is, God, oh, what am I? What's wrong with me? Apart from nothing else, because I didn't have a, any money to go to the doctor even. So, I was sort of self-diagnosing yeah. what was wrong with me, and trying to work mm -hmm. out how I was going to get enough energy to travel on to get somewhere that I could get back to civilization to get. Um, some money side over, yeah. but um, yeah. no, I mean at that stage in the game, I did realize. I think that I was starting off in a journey trying to find out effectively some what the coin phrase the meaning of life was about all about. Um, yeah. and at that stage, I had realized, well, this is what life is all about. It's it's about living. It's just about surviving and doing doing what you can. 
um, yeah, yeah. To, to get through. Um, that's that's so, a good lesson. Um, I mean, it's a powerful life, not not a lesson. It's a powerful life, Chris, that you had. Um, I always, you know, say to people sometimes there is the the theory, like in school, there's a theory, and then there's the lab, and um, uh, most people study the theory who has never been into the lab, yeah. um, and then there are those that are out there um, that haven't studied the theory, but they're out there uh, uh, in the lab uh, practicing and living the theory. And those guys, I think, um, carry a much more palatable, uh, palatable uh, powerful story than those that are just reading the books and the, the theories. They haven't really lived, if you will, like you did uh, by getting out there and, and practicing it um, and uh, gaining the wisdom. So here you are, you got into the plane, you're back home and uh, you're mending. Uh, what were you thinking about when you were there uh, mending and how were, uh, how were you making the adjustment, if you will? Here's this young man, been on the road for many years and now um, he is going to be stable because of number one is condition, but then you're looking also at your finances and stuff like that. What was your conversation with yourself at that moment around that time, Chris? Well, I guess I probably had a bit of a, 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 a surge of reality hit me to realize, so this is life as we know it, and I've got to get into yeah. the way of, there's no point fighting against it anymore to go with the flow, if you like, so I did start... <laughs> Got a job, worked in the yeah. family business, and started developing that. And um, realized that that's whatever you do, you could put your full energies into. And was able to develop into quite a big property business and um, diversify into fitness and mobile apps and um, mm -hmm. do different things. And brought a family up and had a couple of beautiful girls and uh, got on with day to day life and put put my heart and soul into that I suppose um realize that's what I would have to do. That's that's what life is. Um yeah. So it's interesting, it was interesting as I could have it when I went away on the bike and finally last year to finally get to straight now sixty three, sixty four. Uh at yeah. the end of my working life. Um so so semi retired. It's a complete opposite end of the scale from when it was twenty one traveling. So it's it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting to reflect back on what's happened in the last forty years. And um, I actually lucky enough to meet a couple of guys that I met forty years ago that I haven't seen since. And it's quite strange yeah. being able to meet somebody that they were twenty one as well, and <laughs> now in their sixties, and talking about well, what what happened in between. You know, where did it all go? <laughs> and as you say, no matter how well we plan things and worked hard and whatever, yeah, think life got it in the way, and things usually for people changed, didn't actually go the yeah. way they expected. Um, there's been ups yeah. and downs and roundabouts, you know. Yeah, but you uh, gained. Um, I think you gained a couple of things out there while you're on the on the road that would even help you greatly in in your quote unquote, regular life, if you will, um, uh, you have gained critical thinking skills. That stuff, the critical thinking skills is the ability to 
um, adjust uh, as situations come from all over at all times that you were dealing with in the um, in, in in your journey as a young man. Uh, you're looking outside, as they say, they take all those stuff um, outside of the box kind of thinking, mm -hmm. and that's a powerful. Um, um, if I, you know, for lack of a better word, a companion to have with you, Chris, while you're uh, embarking on the family business, if you will, to have that along with you is a powerful companion because now when you look at quote unquote the family business, you're seeing it from all kinds of different angles that um, someone yeah. had you not gone in that journey would have never looked at it at all. So you brought a tremendous amount of um, uh, power uh, as you have that friend with you, that constant companion of your critical thinking skills, and you're able to uh, yeah. do wonders with the business. Yeah, and I think um, I think we were, in the West we're brought up and taught and driven into this that we should do what we're told and follow the rules and follow the, there's a right way and the wrong way of doing things, and you should do it the right way. It, the road less yeah. the road that everybody else goes down. Whereas I think what it taught mm -hmm. me was that you don't have to do that. You can actually go the other road and have a yeah. a really incredible time without the masses following the masses. So I like to think I've been able yeah. to use that in, in my business and my personal life and do things the, the yeah. wrong way, uh, which is more often than not the wrong way for a good reason that it's going to get you into trouble or cost more <laughs> or. Be more difficult, whatever. But it's if you survive, it's it's you, you get more out of the challenge than you would have just doing it the yeah the the normal route, you know. So I've tried to do yeah. that. Um, I haven't probably even tried to do it, but I think just from from start of I ended up doing it quite often out of choice. Yeah, um, yeah. Just our bloody mindedness just ended up doing it, doing it my own way anyway. Um, yeah, and very often ended up with got into a terrible mess because of it, but at least I've enjoyed it, finding it out myself. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's where the critical thinking skills comes into play. So <laughs> in the beginning, Chris, you had told me that a friend of yours came and, and um, uh, look at your, your notes, if you will, and say, you know, this is a good book. Um, talk to me about that conversation. How did it come about? Did you just, um, you guys were chatting, you know, couple of buddies talking and uh, you pulled out your your uh, life story and you handed to him and and he took a glance uh, you know a uh, uh, glance at it and says yeah this is a good book and and you just toss it away <laughs> talk to me a little about that back back in back 40 years ago you mean or whenever, whenever yeah whenever. yeah mm -hmm. 40 years ago well i suppose he'd done everything the right way he'd uh He'd been financed in a new motorbike. <laughs> he'd uh, the Sunday Times newspaper behind him. He'd written a couple of books. So, uh, but he was forty-five years yeah. old, so he was middle-aged and quite well experienced in life. And his book read well. It's, it's been a it's been a trend. People are still buying it forty years later. It's in the motorcycle book world. Um, so it's a it's a sort of what did you say? A great great read, great book. But everybody enjoyed it. But what I didn't realize is that for a 45-year-old man to be in the situation that I was in on the same road at 21, you're going through a completely different thought process, completely different lifestyle yeah. change as well, because I was 
he was living in hotels. I was camping at the side of the road. So even though we were going down the same yeah. road, we were finding it was having completely separate, different effect on us. So um, yeah. the book I wrote was completely different to his his book. Mm-hmm. Um, different style, different content, different emphasis on different. Two people can look at a tree and see two different things, you know, or look at a situation and see two different things out of the same situation. So, um, yeah. I didn't realize that at the time, but now with more experience, I've been able to to do that. And yeah, as I say, it was fascinating to be able to write. Yeah. Right at the age of sixty odd, to write a book as if I was in my twenties, uh, and thinking I was a yeah. twenty year old, and read my notes of, of when I was twenty. And, sort of see what an idiot I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you picked it up back, uh, uh, Chris, after 40 years, that's a long time um, to let it sit, if you will. Um, after 40 years, you what made you pick it up? What made you pick it up, Chris? Well, uh, a number of things. It's always been on my mind. We'd moved house. We'd been living in Dubai for a while. And we'd just moved back, so I found all the, the notes and um, heard somebody else was doing another trip on a similar motor, motorbike. So I thought, I'm just going to uh, sit down and write this now. Um, mm-hmm. And I said, I never uh, was never very academic at school. Never very good at. Uh, but it was, if, it, if it hadn't been for spell checker, I don't think I could ever have finished it. <laughs> you know, so it was able to put it together. Um, I was been a tremendous change. It has changed my life in a lot of ways because it's got me back. And yeah. I've been out of motorcycling for years. I haven't really thought about these the trips, the trip much. But since then, I've been uh, able to meet up with old people that I knew for the past. People who used to go to school with. Um, I've been able to connect with a lot of old friends. And some of the uh, reviews have been quite touching that people have read the book. Um, yeah. And one guy wrote to me, said his son was in hospital with a serious back injury. He'd had a dozen operations. He was under a lot of pain and he used to read, read my book to him. And he felt it wow. helped him because when he saw the challenges that I faced, how I was able to get over over them, it was able to give his son yeah. some inspiration to face his challenges, even though they were a completely different type of challenge. You know, he was under pain on medical medical treatments. It was completely different from what I was going through. But uh, to to get word back that you're, what you've written has helped somebody through a situation like that is yeah. quite, quite awesome, you know. That is powerful, Chris. That is a, um, just a powerful story. Guys that are listening to us, I'm, I'm looking at your, your thing on here. That's what I was trying to. Uh, Chris's story and his journey is a powerful journey. And um, you guys know how I, how I feel about an author because I remember when I, I published mine too, Chris, it was self, um, self-published. And I know about all the challenges that goes with that. And so I feel, and I've been telling my people for many years now, that when you buy the book of an author, you're actually having a one-on-one conversation with him. You're in yeah. your comfort zone, if you will. Yeah. And because you're there, the information that is housed on those uh, pages has the ability to leap from the pages and drop inside of you. 
um, and they change you. I remember I when I was about to uh, wanted to deal one of the demons, if you will, that I had to deal with. Chris was anger, and um, I remember hunting for books and tools to help me with this thing. And I remember walking into uh, actually I was driving in Florida somewhere, and and I drove into a monastery because I wanted to check it out. And there was a book right there by anger. So I walked in, I bought it. And when I got home, Chris, I sat down, opened the book to start reading. I think I read the first chapter and there's a line that came out of that book. This is um, how many hours and uh, um, that we, and days and years that we've caused pain because of not being able to control this emotion, that thing jumped from that page and right inside of me. I never read the book, Chris. I read mm. up to that point because what I needed was right there. Yeah. And it came in, it changed my life forever. And so mm. I always tell people, when you buy a book from an author, you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation you're able to receive an exchange. And those that are listening to us, buy Chris's book. Their wisdom that house in there that he hasn't talked to uh, talk about at all because um, this format doesn't allow to go in depth, but that book will show you how the ability to, of critical thinking, how it is a great, powerful friend that you can utilize in your life that will uh, help you to get out of situation. He was just telling this powerful story about uh, his friend reading a book to his son that was uh, injured and the inspiration that the son got from uh, Chris's critical thinking within his uh, journey. And that son was able to adjust his, um, his thinking as well from Chris's story. And so I challenge you guys, buy it for your friends. I got um, I know you guys that have biker friends, buy it for those and those that are not biker friends. You buy it and give it to them because it will change their life. Um, Chris, I want to thank you for coming to Threads of Enlightenment, man. This has been a really good one. I am so honored to have you here because you started a journey way before I even thought about doing anything. And I'm not as um, adventurous like you with the bike. I, I, I'm the lazy one. I catch planes from here to there. Um, and so I tip You're my hat off fun. to you, man, for uh, the courage that, yeah, the business of fun, <laughs> the courage that it took for a young 21 year old man, young man to do. That is courageous stuff, Chris, to what you did, man. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you so much, sir, right. for coming. It's been a pleasure being here. Sorry, we're breaking up a bit, but it's been a pleasure being here talking to you.